Psalm chapter 30, if you want to turn over there. And this morning, it's a, a very simple thought, and it would be a song of thanks. A song of thanks. I want to go back and read the, the chapter in its fullness, but may I read to you the 12th verse, if I may, for just a minute. Psalm chapter 30 and verse 12 says this. To the end that my glory, talking about his soul, may sing praise to thee and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks unto thee forever. Today, we think about a song of thanks. Let's go back and read, if we can, the very beginning of this chapter. And remember, David had gone through some pretty troubling and trying times in his life. You know, sometimes we think that just because we overcome doesn't mean that battles still don't lie ahead. But the truth of the matter is, folks, let's go ahead and be honest with ourselves. As long as we are in the flesh, we will always have battles. There's battles that vary from person to person, day to day, year to year, place to place. But the fact of the matter is, we all fight battles. Today, do we have a song of things that God has seen us Sometimes we want God to remove the battles. But the question is today, if we have a song of thanks, it's because God has seen us through those battles. So let's read, if we can, Psalm chapter 30. I'm going to go back and read beginning in the very first verse. I, again, David's not worried about what everybody else is saying. He said, I will extol thee, O Lord. For thou hast lifted me up. So this morning again, when we, when we read these scriptures and we come to understand, my question to you is, what has God done for you? Now, we may hear what God has done for somebody else. We may hear what God has done for the person beside you in your household. That for God has done for your best friend in life. But the question is, not what has God done for the person beside you. But my question is today, what is your song of thanks? Folks, we, we are very blessed beyond a great deal of measure today. Matter of fact, we are too blessed to be silent. Would you agree with that? We are too blessed to be a quiet people, a people that, that doesn't have a song of thanks. And again, when we talk about a song, it just means... There's something inside of you that needs to come out. And I'm going to go back and read that 12th verse again. To the end of that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. For again, David talks about how the Lord lifted him out. Let's keep reading that first verse. Thou hast made my foes to rejoice over me. Folks, God's present. I hope that you can agree with me and you can say for yourself that God's presence in our life is always consistent. Now I want you to think about what I just said, that God's presence is consistent. Folks, if we serve a consistent God that has consistent power, that has consistent desires, and He's consistently with us, then we should consistently have a song of praise. Folks, God brings us out. He delivers us. He calls us out of these things. For he said, For thou hast lifted me up, and thou hast made my foes to rejoice over me. 
Oh, Lord, my God. Notice how personalized this is. Oh, Lord, my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. So what we're going to see is, is that, that, that of all the things in our life that's inconsistent, we, we, we're blessed today that we get to enjoy the consistency of God in our life. But let's keep reading what he said. He said, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. O Lord, thou hast brought my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive, that I should not go down to the pit. So David said there was a time in his life when he was in trouble. And I believe that David is understanding that God is worthy and that God deserves to be praised. But I want you to, I want you to listen to this fourth verse right here for just a minute. Sing unto the Lord. Now, can I go back and read the 12th verse for you again? To the end that my glory may sing praise to thee. Go back to the 4th verse. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. Let me go back and read that again. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, and give thanks. Again, the word thanks is is a word that, that David's talking about. He said, may you, may you give God what God is worthy of today. Folks, I think you all can agree with me when I say this. God is worthy of anything that we can say that is grand and glorious about Him. God is worthy of these things. Jesus, when we talk about Him, He is worthy of anything that we can give unto Him. He said, Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of His, and give thanks. Thanks just means that you throw it out there, you cast it out there, and you let God do a work with it. Can I, let's pause right here for just a minute. If the word thanks means to throw it out there, what does it mean to throw something out there? If you've got a song today, you've got a testimony, if you have a time of thanks in your heart, and you never say a word, you're silent, then we don't give God the opportunity to do powerful things with that. What if, for one moment, let's think about this, what if David, as a young shepherd boy, when he fought against Goliath, what if the stones would have stayed in his pocket? Could God have defeated Goliath? Yes, he could have. But God said, I want you to throw it. If you'll notice what happened is, is that, that that stone, when David slew the giant, that, that there was a stone that he used with a slingshot, and the Bible says that it sunk into his forehead. God was able to take a stone from a young man, and he was able to defeat an enemy, but it's all because David was willing to throw. Can I ask you something? Do you believe that there's power in giving thanks to God? Do you believe it is powerful that God can take your words, your gratitude, your song of thanks, and God can use it to defeat a great deal of enemies? Folks, I hope you know this, that there are enemies that need to be defeated. One of the greatest tools, one of the most powerful things that a child of God has, it's the fact that we have a song of thanks. How many of us can be like David in that first, in that second verse even where, this is what I'm going to do, God, because what you've done for me. Am I thankful for what God's done in your lives? I love to hear God's people testify about what God has done for them. But may we understand today, folks, 
God has given me a testimony. God has given me my experiences in life. And God, may we be much like this 12th verse said, to the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. The songs don't need to be hid. They don't need to be muted. They don't need to be quieted down. Folks, the songs need to be sung. Songs need to go out. And as David was talking about that, he said, I want you to give God something. Again, if the word thanks in that fourth verse means to throw, to, to shoot, or to cast it out, if we keep it inside of us, then we're not giving God a chance to do anything. May we take the stones that God has given us and may we fight it with a great deal of gratitude of what God has done for, he said, for his holiness is what we're going to remember. Let's read the fifth verse. And we're going to read down through the rest of this chapter if we can. For his anger endureth but a moment. In his favor in life, weeping may endure for a night. But listen to the change that happens. The song is there because of a change. How, how true that is this morning that you and I are here today that we can talk about God changes things. Do you believe God changes people? Do you believe God changes things? Absolutely do we believe in that. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy is going to come in the morning. That's what he talks about. And by the way, the word joy doesn't mean just you're going to wake up and you're feeling good. The actual language means that there is a shout of joy. A shout of joy. That means you can't contain it anymore. You can't hide anymore, folks. I am praying that God moves in your life to such an extent that you cannot contain it. That you've got to shout it. You've got to let it out. I'm not worried about how many decibels your voice is. I'm talking about may there be something from deep inside of you that must come out. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But God desires that something inside of us would come out. If there's something amazing that's happened in your soul, are you singing that song of thanksgiving and praise? It says, and in my prosperity, I said, I, I shall never be moved. Lord, by thy favor, thou hast made my mountain to stand strong. Thou didst hide thy face, and I was troubled. I cried to thee, O Lord, and unto the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my blood when I go down to the pit? Shall the dust praise thee? Shall it declare thy truth? Hear, O Lord, and have mercy upon me, Lord. Be thou my helper. Thou hast turned for me my mourning. He said, you turned it into dancing. Thou hast put off my sackcloth. And girded me with gladness to the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks unto thee forever. Are we rejoicing this morning and do we give a gratitude about what God has done for us? For that 12th verse says, I will give thanks forever. One of the greatest things that we can ever do in our life is... I guess this is an okay word phrase to use. It's called situational awareness. In other words, if you're in your car and you start hearing a noise, you need to take it to a mechanic and get it fixed. Awareness means that you see spots in the ceiling that there could be some kind of a roof damage. So if there's roof damage, then you've got to go call a roofer that might fix the roof. What happens when things spiritually start going astray? Are we aware that there's some red flags? 
Are we aware that there's things in our life that, that, that are being replaced with worldly feelings and worldly thoughts? And David's saying, Lord, may we always remember you. May we look to you and have an awareness about what's going on. For he talks about it in that second verse. He said, oh Lord, my God, I cried to you for help. Verse 11 says, I turned to you. Now we all understand this. Of all the things and all the, all the ideas and all the situations that we face in life, there's a multitude of places that we can turn. Folks, there is no greater place than we can turn than to God. Now, are there other things that God can use? Yes, that's not what we're alluding to. What we're saying is, do not leave God out. It is important that we are able to sing a song of thanks to God for what He's done for us. For He said, He turned, He said, His morning into dancing. And in that third verse he said, Thou hast brought my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. What you'll notice in this particular psalm is that David talked about two things. He said death. Again, the, the, this is the same word that, that, that Sheol just means he was in a pit. He was in a place. He was death. He was staring death in the face. And he said, notice what he said in that third verse. Thou hast brought my soul from the grave. You have brought my soul from the grave. I want to turn to the book of Proverbs for just a minute. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 5 said this. Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water. Let me read that. Counsel... In the heart of man is like deep water. In other words, the answers to what we need, the medicine, maybe let's word it like that, the medicine by which we will feel better is like deep water. But a man of understanding will draw it out. It's pretty deep when you think about it. Solomon's saying, he said, there's the answers and the solutions and the medicine that you need are deep down inside of you, but you have to draw those out. That's why the scripture talk about that deep down inside of us are the answers. Folks, I want to tell you something every one of us here have in common today. We all have a song of thanksgiving. But are you going to let that song out? Are you going to draw that song out? Or do we want to sit silent? Sit silent and be quiet. Sit silent and let the rocks cry out in our place. May we not be silent. May we not be a quiet people. May we be a people that rejoice in the goodness of God and in the thankfulness of what God has done for us that we might be able to, to, be able to, to shout it from the rooftops what God has done for us. For listen to what he said. I'm going to skip down to that 12th verse again. He said, To the end that my glory may sing praise to thee. Folks, this morning is our hearts filled with praise and gratitude and thankfulness for what God has done for us. And I'll tell you this, there's, there's a direction by which our praise should go. And our praise is not to our fellow man. Praise is not to the, the carnal intellect of a person. Folks, all praise belongs unto God, for God is the only one that can deliver you out of that very pit and draw you out. Folks, when we were all bound for hell, when we were all dead in trespasses and in sin, who brought us out? Christ was the only one. And He came down out of heaven and He did just exactly what we could not do. He redeemed us from a sinful nature that we have. 
Today, if that does not give you a song of thanksgiving, then may God stir in our hearts and remind us that we have been brought out. And that's what the psalmist is saying here in the 30th chapter, is that, that, that he, he delivered him, he picked him up. And I tell you this, I love how that is worded in that third verse. He said, he changed where I was. He said, I'm no longer dead and no longer in hell. He said, but I've been given life. If you're here and you've been saved this morning, do you know what God's done for you? He's given you eternal life. He's given you life eternal and God has done that. And that's why that there should be a song inside of us for the 135th division of Psalm. In that 12th verse, in the 30th chapter, in the 12th verse, when it says, uh, to the end of that my glory may sing praise unto thee. Listen to what the psalmist teaches us in Psalm 135. Praise ye the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise Him, O ye servants of the Lord. Ye that stand in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of, your God, of our God. Praise the Lord. For the Lord is good. Can anybody say amen to that this morning? Praise the Lord. For He, He says, for the Lord is good. Sing praises unto His name. Why should we sing a song of thanks? Because we're told we have to? It's not what the, the psalmist said. I've not read you the rest of that verse yet. We do not sing because we're forced to. We sing, for He said in that third verse, For it is pleasant. The psalmist is begging, pleading with the people. Could you just praise the Lord? We create all kinds of awards. The Nobel Prize and all. We, we create all kinds of awards. Athletically and academically and socially and business people of the year. And I'm not saying those things are right. I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm, what I'm saying is we want to, to, to praise people for what they've done. We engrave their names and we do all kinds of things, folks. But I'll tell you this, there is a work that mankind has been able to experience that is worthy of all praise that we can give. And it's the work that God has done through His Son Jesus Christ into a lost and a dying world. He is worthy today of a song of thanksgiving that, that we might praise Him. And the psalmist is saying, Praise the Lord. Why should we praise Him? When you compare God, and you compare God in the flesh, Jesus Christ, when you compare God and Christ and the Holy Spirit, the third part of that trinity, to any other person today, folks, we all will agree, for the Lord is good. He is good to us. He is good to us. He provides for us. You know, in the book of Matthew, it talks about that when the rich man began to call Jesus good, he said, there is none good but God. What he's saying is, is that goodness does not exist outside of God, that he and he alone is good. Does that sound selfish? But can I word that maybe a little bit simpler? Folks, when it comes to goodness, God's goodness cannot be compared to the goodness that man can give to each other. But it's a goodness only God can give to us. And do you know what the greatest thing God has ever given us as a human race? Jesus. Jesus. When you think about what God has given us, folks, Goodness does not exist outside of what God's done. In other words, when you compare what you and I consider good, what God has done for us, folks, God is good. 
God is great. God is wonderful. And we can sing the praises of men. Oh, they're good at what they do. They're, 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 they're powerful in what they do. They have a gift. They have a skill. Folks, God is greater than all that man can do. He can save the soul of a man. God can create a redemptive plan that we, that you and I as sinful people, that we can be saved. And the psalmist said, for the Lord is good. There is no goodness that you can compare to the goodness of God. Now you might compare my goodness to what I've done or something that I've accomplished or something that I've created or something that I've written or something that I've designed or whatever it is and you can compare it to another person and you might say, man, that's good or that, that's a little bit better. But we're not talking about comparing to the works of each other. We're talking about mankind comparing to what God's done, folks. We all should be able to shout and sing a song of thanksgiving that God is good. God is good to us. And he said, for the Lord is good. And that's why he says in the next part of that Psalm 135 in verse 3, sing praises unto his name. Why? That's the part I wanted to get to right here. For it is pleasant. You know what? I, I kind of chuckle when I say it's pleasant to God, but it sure can agitate the devil. You know why it agitates the devil? Go back to what we read to you in Psalm 30 and 12. The devil wants us to be silent. So a personal question, has he ever won that battle with you? Has he ever silenced you? I can't tell you how many times I left the service and I thought I should have said this. I should have said that. I should have done this. I should have done that. But the devil wins. But when we become a praising people, when we become a people today that have a song inside of us that we want to uh, rejoice and we want to praise Him with our hands, and that's okay. You want to lift your hands, lift your hands. I want to praise Him with my mouth. I want to praise Him with my life. Folks, He is worthy of anything that you can render to Him this morning. I know we have formats and I know that we have traditions of things, but I'll tell you this, you can let the goodness of God out of you and there will not be anything wrong with it. There's no wrong way to do it. There's no wrong time to do it. There's no wrong method. There's no wrong anything, folks. If you've got something good inside of you and God is letting it out, let it out. Don't be silent any longer. Don't sit in the stillness of, of where you may be in your life. Let it out. Let the song out that we might be able to rejoice. To the end, he said, that my glory may sing praise unto thee. And he says, and not be silent. How many of us are closet Christians where we just we want to be Christians as long as nobody else is around. We'll sing in our cars. We'll testify in our cars. We'll talk to God in our cars or in our house or when we're all alone. But I'll tell you this, folks. Somebody somewhere needs to hear your testimony. Somebody somewhere needs to hear what God has done for you. Your song is not my song. My testimony is not your testimony. Your experience is not my experience. But they all tie into the one that's delivered us of them all. It all goes back to God and how He took you and I at the most wretched time in our life and He brought us out. Folks, today, if you've never experienced the deliverance of God, David knew. He said, God, he said, you picked me up. He said, that's where I was. And he said, you set me right here. He said, you changed me. 
I go back to a time in my life. I don't know where yours was. I don't know when yours was. There was a time in my life. I was sitting in the very back of the New Crossroads Church. You know what? God began to work in me. And God was wanting to change me. And you know what he did? That night I got in an altar and I cried out. He picked me up. He took me out of the very pits of hell. And he established my goings. I can understand what David is saying. I have a song of things. And I can thank him day after day after day. And I still will not thank him enough. And the psalmist said, may we be not silent. Don't be silent about what God has given us. May we not be silent about the very testimony that God has put inside of us. Acts chapter 18. Listen to what Paul said. Jesus was talking to Paul and this vision came to him in Acts chapter 18 and verse 9. Let's read the ninth and 10th verse. Then spake the Lord to Paul in the night by vision. How many of you can nod or amen or can agree when I say God talks to us? He talks to us. Absolutely, no doubt. And listen to these red letters. Be not afraid. Let's speak. He said, don't be afraid. He said, speak. And hold not thy peace. He said, don't be silent. Don't, don't, don't hold back what I've given you. If you're worried, listen to the 10th verse. For I am with thee, and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee. For I have much people in this city. Paul is taken off to Corinth and even to Ephesus and he has a gospel to preach. And you know what the Lord's telling him? He said, don't be silent. One of the greatest battles that Scott faces is how are people going to respond to what you have to say? You know what the Lord said? He said, don't worry about them. He said, you can be just silent and you cannot say anything. He said, that's the equivalent of taking a stone and leaving it in your pocket. If we're going to give thanks, if we're going to cast it out there, if we're going to give it in motion, if we're going to sling that stone, then we give God an opportunity to fight that battles and win. But the truth is, we're not going to win as long as they stay in our pocket. Folks, God, the power of your testimony is not because it's inside of you. It exists. It's when you let it out. Do you remember the time when you got saved? Can I ask you, what was it like when you finally told it? Could you tell the difference? It was one thing to be saved, but it was another thing to tell it. For me, it wasn't very long. Some people, it's years and years and years, and that's okay. The truth is, when you come to that peace and understanding, and you're able to tell it, folks, it's because there's something inside of you that you need to let out. And folks, my prayer is for an entire world that we live in that God would give them something they couldn't hold in. God would give them something that they must share, that they must tell about, that we would not be silent. And Christ is telling Paul, he said, when you go on this journey, when you do this labor for me, he said, don't be silent. He said, don't be quiet and don't hold it back. He said, the power is going to be in you being submissive to me. May our labors in this life not be quiet. May we not be, as he said in this 30th chapter in the 12th verse, may we not... Be silent. 
There's a lot of people that are afraid. Fear will freeze you up faster than anything else. We're afraid of what's going to happen or we're afraid of how something may sound. But the truth is today is that when we get to a point and a place in our life where the heart begins to feel, the mouth needs to follow after that. And what I mean by that is the world's kind of crisscrossing that. If you'll say it, then you'll feel it, folks. You're going to feel it, then you're going to say it. You will have an experience with God and you will feel that, then you're going to tell it. It doesn't matter what you say from your mouth because the mouth comes from the mind. It's just a carnal thing, folks. It is a heartfelt salvation. That's why that phrase is used because it's something that comes from deep down inside of you. It, it's something that, that cannot be explained, but it comes out. And he said, I will not be silent. I will give thanks unto thee forever. I will give thanks. I think that we all agree, and we've talked about this in days past. There are times in our life when it's easier to give thanks, isn't it? It's, it's, it's easy to give thanks as long as we're on the mountain, as long as we're at a, a, a peak in our life and, and things are just booming along. It's easy to give thanks. What about when you've hit the worst stretch that you could possibly imagine? Folks, you're not in the worst place that you can possibly be in that particular moment. The worst place you can be is in that moment without God. Can I say that again? It's one thing to be at a low place in your life. It's much worse to be at that same place without God. How many people today... You see, with Christ, you can only get so low. And you're not going to be able to sink. He said, I've already picked you up out of that. He said, I've already picked you up and set you. He said, you might get low. He said, but you're not going to get that low again. Folks, we're never going to be lost again. We're never bound for hell. Once we get saved, God has changed us from that. And he said, I will give thanks unto thee forever. I love the word forever. The word forever doesn't just mean the days of your life. You know what you and I get a privilege of doing? Here we are on this beautiful, beautiful Sabbath day. We can give thanks to His holy name, can't we? You know what may happen before the sun sets today? I've taken my last breath here in this life. But I want you to know something that my thanks to God has not stopped. It will have changed. No longer am I doing it absent from Him. Folks, one of these days I'm going to cross over to the other side. And I'm going to get to fall at his feet. You know what I'm going to do at the feet of Jesus? I'm going to give him thanks forever. Not just for the 100 years or 70 years or how long we live on this earth. Folks, we can praise him. We can thank him. We can worship his holy name while we're here. But that praise is not going to stop at death. It's only going to transition to a different place. And why? Because I get to praise Him. In this body, I'm going to fall short. In this body, I've got my faults and my failures. But one of these days, folks, I get to finally fall at His feet and say, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for a night many years ago that you gave me a song deep down inside of me that you picked me up. You set my feet on solid ground and you established my goings, folks. That's a song of thanksgiving that I have. And David said that I might be able to do this this is what he said, to do this 
forever. Remember, I believe it was in the book of Lamentations, he said that the goodness and the faithfulness of God is renewed every single morning. Every day, God is good, folks. God was good to you yesterday. God was good to me yesterday. God was good to me this morning. God's good to you this morning. God will be good to me if time tarries tomorrow. God will be good to you tomorrow. We may not always see it. We may not always understand it. But I'll tell you this. God is good to us. God has given us a song of thanks. And may we take that song and may we sing it. And may we be able to do it for Him forever. To the end that my glory may sing praise to Thee. And not be silent. Oh Lord my God. I will give thanks unto thee forever. I pray this morning that you might have a heart of gratitude and thankfulness. For what God's done for you in your life. Do you have a, a song of thanks this morning? I hope that you do. I hope that you have something inside of you. And that you'll not sit still or not sit silent. But you'll tell it. I'm okay if we stay here till whenever the Lord's done. I don't care how long it is. I love to hear people talk about what God's done for them in their life. God bless you this morning. That's what I have on my heart. I want us to get a song if we could.